Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Craze Cast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you close to the action. My name is Roxy and today I'm joined by my fellow host Jay and Amber. Hi everybody. Hello. To keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Craze Magazine and YouTube The Craze. And before we begin, we'd like to give a big shout out to our patrons that help make this episode possible. Big thanks to Danielle, Stuart, Mian, and Brienne for their support. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash crazemagazine to check out all the great perks we have for our members. And I actually just recently got a new batch in, so we have a bunch of new Monster X mini-zines still available for sale. If you're interested, be sure to grab your copy over at our website uh, on our store. Be on the lookout for um, a giveaway on social media, just saying. Okay, so our subject today, we're going to dive back into K-dramas because it's been a while since we've discussed topics related to that, and I thought the last episode was really fun. So today we're going to discuss the ever-present problem of the uh, second lead syndrome, which for those who are unfamiliar, a K-drama almost always has a love triangle, and this would be not the main guy that the girl ends up with, but the second option. And there have been a number of notorious K-dramas where people get really, really mad about the actual outcome <laughs> and uh, prefer those second leads. So we're going to talk about some of those dramas today. Wait, so then what do we call Itaewon class? Because wait, it's like- Wait, 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 I haven't even watched. But it's, it's like two interlocking triangles. What the hell do we call that? Yeah, sometimes they get really uh, quote-unquote fancy with it and try to make it weird. No spoilers for Jay, but my thought process, at least in Itaewon class, was that it was two women uh, with the one guy. Then there's the other guy that wants the one girl. Oh, yeah. The- <laughs> it's, it's like a whole ass square. Wait, is there it's a whole kinda- complicated relationship map that I should be aware of? Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. It made me think, okay, so yesterday while I was, like, half dead, relaxing, my mom had on that new show, Emily in Paris. Do you guys know about that on Netflix? Unfortunately. I've heard of it. So I was just, like, kind of not really paying attention, but, like, this is a reason that I kind of hate this trope. She is the main character, obviously, and every man wants her even women, like everybody that comes across her wants her. And I'm like, that's just not, that's not realistic in any way, shape or form. Isn't that like Mary Sue 101? Yes. And I don't know why people keep getting deals writing characters like that. Literally, when we were like young people and writing fan fiction, we would get flamed for shit like that. The fuck, Netflix? That just made me think about like, because in Itaewon class, if all these people are interlocked, it's like, how are there so many people that want this one person, but, like, are they really that special? You know what I mean? It's a weird-ass, complicated mix of things. And then there's that one sidebar coupling thing, too. I don't know, because, like, maybe I have been in a real-life situation where some mediocre person had, like, three girls that wanted him, but that was, like, a very, very rare instance. So, second leads. There's only a handful of actors who get thrown into this freaking second lead position, and one of them is always Kim Jisoo, and I hate it. I was going to say it. I was going to say him, because that bitch deserves to be the main character at some point. 
And he doesn't even get the girl when he's the main character. So dumb. My man deserves love. Doesn't he have a new drama out right now where it's just like emotional torture? Yes. Uh. Are we talking about my first first love? Is that the one? That was that one came out er, last year sometime. He didn't even get the girl in season one. <laughs> and there's season two, right? Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's just like, uh, why? So I'm oh. sure I've I've said it before. Um, because I'm still so bitter about it. It's been like five years and I still hate it. Um, but the first K-drama I ever watched was Cheese in the Trap. And um, the second lead in that one was played by So Kang Joon. And uh, he, his character, not just him, but his character was like way better than the main guy. The main guy was so like controlling and kind of gross. And like I couldn't even get through the series. I just got so mad about it. Kind of reminds me of Boys Over Flowers. Yeah, that too. Uh, I think for like my first experience with like a second lead syndrome was way back then because I got into K-dramas before I got into K-pop and I watched a, a K-drama. Oh, yeah, yes, you get Husky J today in terms of her voice. Um, I watched this K-drama called My Girl, which had Lee Dahae. Uh, oh my god, what's his name? Lee Dong-wook and Lee Jun-ki. And I really was rooting for Lee Jun-ki's character in that K-drama. And then obviously, like sometimes if you're really popular, you actually end up getting yourself out of the second lead syndrome. And let's not even get started about like what happened in Scarlet Heart, okay? Because Jisoo was also a second lead syndrome there. So was so many other great actors. And I'm like, what the fuck? I can't do this. But Lee Jun-ki was like the very first one. And I was just like, like, oh, he deserves more. He just deserved more in that drama. I'm trying to think of more dramas that have that second lead. And I'm like pulling up blanks besides the ones you guys have talked about. I need to watch more K-dramas. So some of the ones I had listed on uh, the article because I wrote it. Did you guys ever watch School 2015? Who? Wait, no. Wait, wait, wait. Who's in that one again? That was like, I think it was Nam Juhok's like first main lead role but Sung Jae from B2B played the second lead. No, I did not 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 that one. I did not. There was like a huge backlash um because everybody loved his character so much and they hated Nam Juhuk's character. So like everybody was super pissed off about that one. Kind of like cheese in the trap. Like there's a few dramas where people got so attached to the second lead that they just like hate the drama as it is. Oh. <laughs> And then um, there's other ones that are more like even keel, like Amber mentioned Boys Over Flowers. There's two different factions when it comes to that drama. I think if we talk about Boys Over Flowers in its other original forms, like the Japanese and the Taiwanese version and the Chinese version, I think Second Lead Syndrome just hits throughout the whole entire series, to be honest. 100%. I literally rage quit when I saw Hanayori Dango, which is the original version of Boys Over Flowers, and I'm just like, no, go to the pretty violin player, not the angry psychopath. Okay, let's expand more on this, because, like, I only watched the Korean version of Boys Over Flowers. I thought, like, okay, because it's, it's Lee Minho, so, like, it's really hard to go against Lee Minho just because, like, it's hard to top him. <laughs> okay, so, Jay, have you seen the Japanese version, too? Yes. I've watched okay. all the versions. I'm in love with Matsumoto Jun, but that is for a whole other day. 
the opposite of Lee Min Ho in the Japanese version is Matsumoto Jun, and he is just as hot-headed and stubborn. And what's the Korean name of Hanazawa? What is his Korean Oh gosh, character? I don't remember off the top of my head. Hang on, time to Google. <laughs> Anyways, as she does that, I think like the way how they portrayed his character throughout all of the versions... I think they just did better writing for him. He had the better story. He had everything going for him. And of course, he still chooses the hothead out of the drama. And I'm like, I mean, I guess they're all rich anyway. But still, he was the nicest one to her. Right? Like, okay, so pretty much everybody has seen Boys Over Flowers. If you haven't, that means that you probably have not seen any K-dramas. Just because it's one that... What? Okay, so Hanazawa is the name of him in the Japanese version, but it's Yoon Ji-hoo in the Korean version. Yeah. So, like, the characters are relatively the same no matter what version of it you watch. Just in the Japanese version, Ji-hoo plays, like, violin is a super soft boy. I still think he's the best version. The Japanese version's the best one. A hundred percent. I didn't like the Korean version at all. Just the acting. The men were prettier, but the acting was better in the other one. I know people that swear by Boys Over Flowers, the Korean version, which is weird because I didn't like it that much. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, with um, uh, Junpyo? The boy or the girl? Yes, 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 yes. Junpyo's leading yeah, so character. Yeah, so the main, like, Jandy the story. is the girl. Yeah, the main story is that Jandy is, like, bullied, like, fucking crazy at this school. Like, they put so much focus on her being just, like, beaten up. And, like, half the time it's Junpyo that's doing it. So, like, what I really hate about that is that it's, like, oh, the, the nerdy girl falls in love with, like, the super popular boy and, like, changes him so he's not a goddamn asshole anymore. It doesn't work that way, though. The Korean version skips a whole bunch of stuff. I just don't like the message that sends <laughs> with that one. I mean, the reason that, like, I feel like people like it so much is because Lee Minho, really. But that doesn't really excuse the character being extremely shitty. He's shitty in no matter what version. If you read the manga, he's still shitty. The manga, though, I wouldn't recommend it for anyone under the age of 16 or even 18 for some of it. Pretty serious? Yeah. It does get pretty dark. Like, you think the the drama iterations of him are bad? Mm, Read the manga. So, I mean, the more that I think about it, in that sense, the love interest should not be equal. It should be obvious which one she picks. At the end of the day, in K-drama trope world, the rich man always gets the girl. But that doesn't even make sense because the second lead is rich too. All four of them are rich. They're just all like filthy rich for no reason. (laughs) I've... I can't tell you. I, I've never liked the Korean version. There's too many plot holes for me, and I can't stand John D's acting. Has that actress? Did she do anything else? Yeah, she's currently in a weird divorce battle with her her now ex. Actually, her husband ex is An Jae Hyun, who is also um guilty of also getting second lead syndrome at times but she hasn't been doing anything she's been more focused on her like directing and other stuff like that okay i have another one that i was thinking about did you guys ever watch flower boy ramen shop bits and pieces of it not the whole thing i've never seen it i need to know what dramas y'all have watched because otherwise we're not going to be able to discuss these things 
But uh, that's the one with Yoon Chi Yoon and is it Park Shin Hye as the lead actress? No, it's Lee Chung Ah, okay. I've seen like Cinderella and the Four Knights. What was that noise, Jay? It's just like it's so just I like you you could tell that drama was like meant for teenagers. Hey, we <laughs> all have our guilty pleasures. I know, but it's just like oh it it's it's cringe for me. It's like I liked it, but still it's like, oh god, here we go. It's this trope again. Airs uh goblin, sacred heart. Heirs is an interesting one because there was a love triangle in that one now. Yes. Or square, yes. kind of. Weird square. This is an, another example of the rich boys being assholes because wasn't Kim Woobin's character being a dick like the whole time? Yes. There's this fascination with like, this boy is really mean on the outside but has a heart of gold. I'm like, it doesn't like, it doesn't work that way. It's girls want to change him for no matter what. But like, ooh, boy who's a project. Can we kill this concept? Because in the real world, you don't change a person. It doesn't work that way. You take it as is, people. So, slightly veering off topic since we're realizing that some of us haven't all seen the same same K-dramas. What are we thinking, like this move towards making K-dramas based off webtoons. Like, Cheese in the Trap was a webtoon. Itaewon Class was a webtoon. The... Isn't True Beauty getting one? Yeah. Imitation was just announced, and it's got, like, Park Yuri, half of ATs is in it. Um, that was a weird one. I saw that lineup. I was like, I'm unsure of what's happening here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was W based off a of webtoon? Or is it just had the actress being a webtoon artist? I'm not sure. Hang on. Because W was really good. Um, Cheese in the Trap. Well, it was still not good. But it's also because that webtoon was still in the middle of being worked on while the drama aired. They're doing that with one that has recently came out that has Park Ji-hoon. Um, and the boys is um, Young-hoon plays like the brooding best friend i don't know there's one that they're doing that again i don't know why they choose to do that because chances are at least half the people that are watching it are going to be pissed off by the way that they choose to end it if like the actual webtoon isn't you know completely written yet as far as i'm aware i think true beauty already ended but please don't come at me if i'm wrong um well like going back to amber's question like how do we feel about like webtoons getting turned into k-dramas i kind of see it like also as the equivalent of manga getting turned into anime in that sense but it just depends on how it's executed so like you know if the series isn't done well at least with anime we have seasons you know at least take attack on titan for example like the last season is going to be airing at the end of this year but they waited for so many years to catch up in between seasons because the comic book was being done at the time so i think it just finished up the last chapters have been out already so it's just at least it can fill those plot holes and i think when it comes to k-dramas i i wish that there were seasons so it it makes it spreads the story out just a little bit better. I can see that. I think it's interesting that there are, some of them are taking the direction as like 
airing episodes as it's written because that can go all sorts of different directions. I mean, like we, I think everybody should be aware that a lot of the episodes are being filmed as it's being written, but I do appreciate the K-dramas that, you know, go into production before it airs just because it has a lot more time to like shell out everything like Goblin, for example, they filmed that prior to like all of it prior to its release and look how well written that K-drama was, you know? So it, it, it could be a hit or miss, at least for me. What about you, Roxy? I don't know. I think it's a little, it's a big risk on the, uh, the back of the drama writer because like there's a ton of pressure to adhere to like the original story and if you ad lib too much, like people are going to get pissed off. So if you decide to write an ending, most people are not going to be happy about it because it's not, it wouldn't be the vision of like the original webtoon writer, if that makes sense. Oh, no, definitely. The other thing that I've noticed that's happening a lot recently is America remaking K dramas and like Korean variety and Korea remaking American dramas. Like, there is this TV show called Designated Survivor, and I just found out recently that Korea made a version of it called Designated Survivor 60, and it's basically the same premise. And then there's a bunch of other dramas who have been mocked up from the American version. And so I'm just like, how do we feel about, like, the sharing of IP? I mean, right off the bat, I'm kind of like, eh, about it, just because there's so many differences culturally i have to agree uh isn't sky castles rumored to be getting a remake and sky castle was like a really popular drama was it last year yeah they're talking about remaking sky castle apparently they've remade suits they've remade the good wife they've remade criminal minds entourage I I hated when it was announced that they were going to do like an American version of Sky Castle. I hated that because to me, you know, I went to media school, so they talked to us about formulas of success in media, or at least the concept of it anyway. So a lot of people that make extremely successful uh, scripts or films or whatever, they're going to attempt to piggyback off of that to make more money. So America remaking Sky Castle rather than having it appreciated for what it was, are basically just attempting to duplicate the amount of revenue that that drama made in Korea, in America. And besides that, that's the cynic in me talking, obviously. But besides that, Sky Castle itself is so centered on the Korean way, like the Korean state of mind, in that, you know, it's a drama about that sort of mentality specific to upper class, you know, Korean societies that put so much pressure on the kids and that's not necessarily duplicated in America. It can be, but it's not as widespread. So to me, it feels like it's less organic or the story doesn't translate as well for that reason. You would think America had learned its lesson when they tried to remake Boys Over Flowers and it completely flopped. I didn't even know they did that, but it kind of terrifies me that they did. It flopped. It flopped so bad. They tried to remake it like college age and the lead female had to be traded out twice in the middle of filming. It was just awful. How do you switch actresses in the middle of filming? I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm trying to think of like other things that have been roommate, even like when it comes like stepping away a little bit from K-dramas, even getting Korean films remade. It's like, I don't know about that one. Oh yeah, it kind of pissed me off that they were trying to remake Parasite. Why? (laughs) For the reason I just told you, they're trying to duplicate the money. That's all that they're doing. Why can't they get over the fact? (laughs) Go ahead, Amber. Why can't they get over it? Subtitles. Just read the damn subtitles. That's what I was just about to say. I'll be like, it makes it like it makes it more chewable for people who don't want to read subtitles. And I'm just like, no, just read it. I mean, there is like a significant chunk of the population in America that just doesn't like to read. I would know that because I have had a cousin that has straight up told me he hates reading. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? If you can't read subtitles, then you don't deserve to be watching good television. Because once you can read subtitles while you're watching things, you kind of discover a whole new world of awesome stuff. And besides, nowadays, who doesn't have subtitles on even when the TV is in English? Because you can't hear what they're talking about while you're eating snacks. Sometimes I do it for movies, like in general, because sometimes like when it comes to a movie, like you miss certain context like the first time so it's just like i need subtitles to keep up with all the dialogue that's going on and like if someone has a heavy ass accent you can't understand that half the time long story short just read the subtitles and we're not gonna go get into the whole debate of sub versus dub either please no that's more of an anime thing although i really hate that they started dubbing k-dramas on netflix yeah they can't like i'm just like hey what yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> what? Ugh. American Netflix, why? It's why? bad. Why? I've, like, I've looked at dramas, I'm like, oh, that looks interesting, and then I start playing the trailer, and it's like, the whitest voice I've ever heard in my life is, like, over Jisoo, and I'm like, this ain't it, buddy. Excuse me? How I dare think, they? I think for me, K-dramas that are subbed in, or subbed, dubbed in other languages aside from English is fine because I get it. You know, you want to be able to understand, you know, in your own language, but when it comes to English and English is your primary language and you can read, well, for some people, most people, I should say, uh, don't want to invalidate those that can't. Like, it's like, come on, just read the subtitles, please. But like, it's just not only K-dramas too, it's actually other foreign films on Netflix that I've seen that are dubbed. I hate this so much. On the topic of K-dramas, Korea has been exporting their media. Japan has been exporting their media for decades now. And every country, when they receive it, they localize it using subtitles. They don't always dub it because you take the magic away when you dub it. Like, I can't imagine watching Itaewon class and some white-ass man's voice come out of the man the leading characters it's like i would be less pressed about it if i was given the option to watch it normally and as far as i could tell they only have a dub like they don't let you do it the other way and i think that's where the problem is but why netflix this is why vpns exist because we don't want to put up with this bullshit i am irrationally angry at this 
problem is it's not something we can control and it's definitely gotten more prevalent as asian media specifically has gotten even more popular like in the western world there is no reason for them not to just sub it because hundreds of thousands upon millions of people who are into Korean stuff, we've been reading stuff with subtitles for years. Like, it's easy to hire a subbing team and a timing team versus dubbing all of that shit. Don't make it too hard on yourselves, guys. Come on. All we ask is for some subtitles. And I mean, like, if you're, like, lead the dubbing to cartoons or an anime, you know, that's fine. And I'm not about to open that can of worms. If you liked dubbed or you like subbed in anime, that's fine. I'm not going to judge you. But yeah, I think in that sense, that's a little bit different because when, you know, you're putting a dub on a live action, the- It's real the, people. Yeah, it's real people. You the, the, the language doesn't match the mouth. But like I said, like, if it's dubbed in a different language, that's not English, like, it's fine. Because I get it. Like- you need to understand the tonations that way. But other than that, it's like, come on. Come on, you can just read the subtitles, please. We went complete left turn on today's topic, but I kind of like it. Veering back on that, I have a, I have a question. Uh, since we've already talked about Jisoo, I assume both you guys watch Strong Woman Dobong soon, right? Yes. Yes. How hard was that one when it came to the second lead syndrome? It was pretty hard. hard. I gotta admit, that was pretty hard. But then again, I am just soft for Kim Jisoo in general. My little boots on boy. For those who like, sorry for cutting you off. You're okay. I tend to just root for him in things. But Park Hunsik. But Kim Jisoo. Wait, don't don't put me in this don't put me in the middle of this. Um, I mean they're both good, but Park Hunsik also was really good in that K drama too. You gotta admit both like I think that K drama was pretty well written, save for a few parts that are like mm, questionable, but I mean they did well. That is well. That's one of the dramas I think everybody should watch because it it was so good. Um and the main female character is not like oh, help me, I need a man, I'm so scared, which is, like, what Boys Over Flowers was, basically, at least a Korean version. It's the complete opposite, actually. <laughs> you know who hardly ever gets second lead syndrome, and it's so frustrating, because the man needs to be knocked... Okay, I love him, but he needs to be knocked down a peg. Park so jun That's true, he's always the lead. That's so true. He got, okay, so speaking of him, so I don't know if you guys watch, uh, Ho, Ho, I can't even say it, Horang, right? Horang. Oh, the one with the V. Yeah, and um, Park Hyun-sik is the second lead in that one, and Park Sojun is the main. <laughs> I feel like that one was uh, either way, but it was a little bit weird because like Park Sojun plays the brother, but he's not really the brother, but like she thinks he's her brother, so she's like falling in love with her brother, that really weird like... That weird trope, yeah, I get you, I get you, I see that. You. That, like, incest thing, I really hate that, so in that drama, I was kind of like, you should just go with Park Hyun-sik, because first of all, he's the king, bitch. Why don't you do that? <laughs> I don't know, K-dramas, I will be the first to admit, I kind of fell off the K-drama wagon for a while, because I just got bored with it, but it's kind of interesting to see these new things coming out, 
is the producer the same for Itaewon class in Sky Castle? Do you happen to know off the top of your head? I don't know off the top of my head. Because they feel the same to me. And like the dramas that are very real, I think, are becoming more popular here in Korea because like it's very authentic to like life in Korea. Sky Castle, I can't really speak on it, but it definitely talks about some stuff in the education system. But Itaewon classes, it's it's very accurate to what you would put up with in this country. So it's true. I like the trend because I've I mean it's been about five years since I've been watching K dramas, but I have watched stuff from before then, like, you know, Boys Over Flowers. It's a, it's a great example of like the like foundation that's not super great, you know, sort of like the generic kind of storyline where it's like oh this girl needs help because needs like because she can't do can't save herself or whatever and falls in love with like the asshole rich boy who is just a brooding dumbass or whatever what the fuck ever it is but like you compare that to what comes out now so like sky castle is a great example because there is no romance in sky castle the purpose of that drama is to just showcase the you know education system problems there's no you know side romance that matters it's made to scare the hell out of you right and it's made to be real so like the boys over flowers is more like a fantasy and it's like it's the kind of tropes that i think are harmful to maybe not harmful but are bad for for women um just because it showcases the whole cliche like women need to be saved and women change like shitty men kind of thing whereas sky castle actually shows some women being like fucking crazy (laughs) this is the best way that i can put it because like the tutor that's paying everybody off she is like driving kids to suicide like it's wild but it's accurate also and well sort of i don't know how you know, dramatized that is, but it. I can say it real. is. Yes, Tiger, tiger moms. moms are real. What I've learned, because like I'm, I'm a teacher here. Those type of moms, they keep being called Gundam moms, because they, those are the like the rich, competitive moms who want their kids to do well and everything. Um, it's not exactly how things go down but for those who've kind of like experienced the education system here it kind of it kind of is kind of scary how like it strikes a chord right and that's also true with itaewon class because they you know took great care in showcasing some of the the you know prejudice issues that are over there with the characters and that was very real uh-huh the the club scene where wait jay hasn't seen this so i can't spill this out too much Um, i mean you can you can like uh the scene where they go to the bar with tony the whole thing that goes down there i have been in groups of people that that thing has legitimately happened and it's really frustrating because usually that person that gets that happens to is usually the one that speaks better Korean than the rest of us. And other things happening, like, I'm trying to think of ways not to talk about it and not spoil it. (laughs) 
Sorry. Even though it's been out for a while, Jay. Jay, do, do you know about the, the characters and what their, like, differences are? Not really. I mean, I don't... I I haven't... It's on my list just because uh the what's the one most recent one that i finished as of late the last k-drama i watched was the king eternal monarch was the last one that itaewon class is next though like i just need to sit down and actually start it okay do you know that there's a trans character though yes i do okay, so, so that i have a thing a very recent thing so that whole thing park seori is like the perfect example of an ally but the reactions that people did in it, it can be very triggering to some. So when you watch, just be aware of that. Most recently, a trot um, singer came out as gay, and he was bullied and harassed so much that he was hospitalized for panic and anxiety disorder. So like the reactions towards LGBTQ characters are very authentic in some parts, and not as quiet in the other, but like it really showcases that the sunshine and rainbows people tend to think Korea is isn't isn't real. And to anyone who wants to come to Korea, I definitely think Itaewon class should be on their list of things because watching it as a foreigner who's lived in Korea, it really like it strikes a strikes a chord. Like if it hasn't happened to me, some of those situations have happened to my friends. So definitely if you haven't seen Ato on class, you should watch it. See, that's the thing. Like I know like especially Korea boos, like legit Korea boos, talk about Korea like it's like this magical place or that people romanticize it like crazy. And at the end of the day, in a lot of ways, compared to a good chunk of places in America, not everywhere because there's obviously still problems, but they are way, way more prejudiced against, you know, skin color, um, you know, LGBTQ, that kind of thing. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So like, if you're going to be about or like be interested in Korea, you at least have to acknowledge the fact that these are still very, very real and like very bad, you know, things there <laughs> korea is a very homogenized society so and the korea you experience in seoul is different than the korea you experience out of seoul a good chunk of the population lives inside seoul but once you trickle out of seoul you begin to see korea not just what the tourist organizations want you to see and i do think it's really important that these you know drama writers are starting to highlight this and like putting shining a light on it essentially since we've been talking about itaewon class for a lot should we transition to our rookie underrated group because they happen to have have a song on the ost for itaewon class so this week's group is very very if you're not familiar with them they're from jellyfish entertainment and they are the junior group to Vix. So they've got some very, very, very big shoes to fill. Their debut album was called Very Us in January of 2019. One of my favorite songs actually comes off the album after this, I believe. The second mini album. Wait, what album did that come off of? What's the song? Layback. 
Oh, that was later. That was one of my favorite songs. But I will say, though, this group is definitely a, a mixed bag of tricks, I will, I will say, especially because they are coming from the Concept Kings company. They really got to do a lot to be able to shine on their own. I wanted to say that I've recently been, like, extremely obsessed with Layback, and the most recent comeback, like, destroyed me. It's so good. Right. I was listening to the album um, before we started this, the newest one, and GBTB, I was like, it is too late in the evening to want to throw my ass like this. So the thing that Very Very has done, um, when they debuted, their, their debut track sounded very much like a 90s boy band group. Like, it sounded like something the Backstreet Boys would put out. It was very, like, upbeat and poppy, and I don't know, it just gave me, like, retro vibes, and, you know, I would jam to that, and their first comeback was like that, but then they started sort of shifting gears and have been doing darker and darker sort of comebacks until GTBT came out. That's the most intense they have ever gone, and I think they did it, like, super well. Oh, I definitely agree, and I think also their time they spent on Road the Kingdom really gave them some time to kind of flesh out who they are as an artist. I second, like Roxy said, the newest album really is quite a change for them, but it's a good change. I'm very interested to see how they go with it, because it's a fairly new release, isn't it? Yeah, it came out last week, so it'll be two weeks by the time that this uh, episode airs. They are fairly young, all of them, if I do remember. Yeah, the the oldest member, though, is uh, 1995. So there's a pretty decent age gap between him and the Macne. Uh, 95, my age. I will say, it's not like I don't know who they are. I did see them perform at KCON LA, and they were really good on stage. It's just I haven't gotten the opportunity to really get into them. Sorry, guys. That's all I have for this one. But... Yes, I know that they have a very dedicated fan base and they're on the up and coming. They should be on everybody's radar. So those are my two cents. Sorry, guys, I have nothing else to input on this one. I do want to say their Machne's age scares me. I didn't look at it. How bad is it? 2003. Oh, God. Oh, my God. He is an MC right now um, with Sanhan Moonbin on Showchamp. That's fun. Um, I'm looking at their profiles Apparently, some of them went to school with the 2000 liners at SOPA. I just uh, went, so they were on, they were on Road to Kingdom, and I feel like a lot more people kind of learn about them that way, Uh, but they finished fifth overall, like in the final ranking, so they didn't get, I don't know how many groups they knocked out in Road to Kingdom before the finale, but they made it all the way to the end. They really did do a decent job with a lot of things. Um, The thing that kind of stuck out to me was, what was it? When they made a horror version of one of their songs? Was it? What song did they do? I have not seen that, so I'm interested. Um, It, like, Ravi came in and gave them pointers on how to be more scary. And I'm like, of course you would. You guys made (laughs) voodoo. Truly. Yeah, so it looks like they did. Um, They've had two uh, OST appearances, and one was in Extraordinary You. Highly recommend that drama, by the way, if you haven't seen it. That is another one. Is that based off a webtoon or about being in a webtoon? I know it's the second one. I don't remember if it's based off one, though. 
but SF9's Rowoon is the uh, main character in that, and it is Chef's Kiss. It is great. So they were, did that in uh, Itaewon class. Damn it. I was talking that whole time, and I was muted. <laughs> so the song they did on Road to Kingdom was Photo. And they also covered Gogo Bebe by Mamamoo. Um, and what else did they do? They did Beautiful, which I think was the song they wrote for the ending of Road to Kingdom itself. So that's cool. Um, those of you who may, who watched Road to Kingdom, but very, very may not stick out, um, they were the group that paired along TOO um, to perform on. Uh, I'm kind of surprised too, because they do fairly well um, in charting. At least like they've made it to number four. The sales are about 24,000 or so. Um, but it looks like, you know, as time has gone on, they're doing a lot better, actually. I'm just worried about longevity once Vix decides to come back. It is interesting to, you know, compare them to Vix because, you know, Jellyfish doesn't really have a lot of groups that they have out. So I do remember when that their when their debut was announced that people were kind of curious to see what direction, you know, they would go with this new group because Vix has always been so... I don't know if unpredictable is the right word. They've just been very experimental if you don't count their debut because that was a weird time. They are out there. Vix will try anything once. Yeah, and they usually go pretty dark. Um, most of their stuff, especially, you know, as of late, has been more dark and intense. So um, it was a bit interesting uh, when Very Very came out and they were so upbeat and bubbly. It was like it was a complete contrast. Overall, though, I do I do think they have a bright future. This new album is definitely going into my heavy rotations playlist. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Roxy? I think that if you ever need to feel like a bad bitch, you just need to listen to GTBT, and then you will be ready to punch everyone in the face. I love that. We stand. I'm here for that. You have piqued my interest. I will go watch later. We will check to make sure you did your homework. I actually like, I really love the way that they set up the song in the music video. I'm kind of disappointed that it's not the same on the album, but they added in some like some effects uh, on the vocals that I think really drove the point home. So I just wanted to say that because I was like really so excited about it when I was doing the research to, uh, to write the review. So this week, I know uh, all of us have kind of been like barely holding on, so we may not be as energetic as we normally are, but uh, any final comments, you guys? We promise to find our energy when we record for our Halloween episode next week. <laughs> I'll be so fucking hyped for Halloween. Yes, I promise I'll be in better spirits. Eh, get it? Spirits? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> You may <laughs> for the next episode. I swear to God. You may see some costume or cute festive photos from us coming up. You never know. And of course, you can always find us on social media. Um, all of us are doing something every week, pretty much. So um, be sure to check out our website and grab a copy of the Monster X mini issue uh, while we still have them. 
All right. So this has been the Craze Cast, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.